This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. I know we've said this on previous episodes of the podcast, but the world looks a lot different than it did in February of this year. All of our priorities have completely shifted as a world, culture, and country. And despite all of the chaos and loss, there are some brightly spots to consider. In some cases, our environment is using this time without lots of humans around to heal itself. Less commuting is equaling less pollution, Previously decimated species are returning to their natural habitats and more. As humans, we're also finding creative and positive ways to start healing our surroundings, especially since we're finding ourselves spending more and more time in them. In this episode, Lisa and I discuss how working from home is benefiting the planet, how becoming a climate conscious chef can reduce your carbon footprint and budget, and a lot more. Let's get into it. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Good. How are you, Laura? Pretty good. Um, just getting settled into my new place here. Um, and uh, actually, right now, it's very sunny Seattle, so very excited. That's nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you how the how's the weather there, because today it's very hot in San Francisco. And I know, I've, I think I mentioned it in a few previous podcast episodes, summers are not usually hot and warm in San Francisco, <laughs> despite what people might think. But yeah, um, well, we have a lot of uh, catching up to do because we haven't done one of those just to, uh, into like our episodes together, right? Yeah, it's been a while. And I mean, if you're a new listener to the podcast, um, we highly recommend going back and listening to the episodes that catch your eye. But yeah, I mean, good together. We also haven't announced recently. I mean, we we passed our year mark. Um, you know, we yeah. we started this podcast in late July, early August last year. Mm -hmm. So we've definitely reached our first birthday. Um, you know, we've also hit some milestones in terms of downloads. So we're just super excited in general. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we've built quite a community um, over the course, just like uh, really over the course of the last few months, me and Laura 
quit our full-time jobs, started working on Brightly right before COVID and kind of had to adjust to the new COVID reality, right? But it's all good. Um, And that's what we will be talking uh, today about. Kind of what is the new COVID reality that we kind of learn how to live at this point, um, how to live through it, and how does it look in terms of sustainability? Are we being more sustainable, uh, less sustainable, and kind of how we can adjust so we actually on the right track in terms of our sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the lessons that we're all learning today are going to be good for tomorrow too, right? So we don't really know how long, you know, this COVID reality is going to last. You hear rumors. I mean, you know, first of all, a lot of the tech companies, um, you know, both Lisa and I are in um, tech area and, you know, my husband works for Dropbox. I have a lot of friends that work for Facebook, Google, et cetera. Um, And both Facebook and Google have told their employees to not come back to work for a full year. So basically they're saying, do not expect to come into the office until June or July of next year. And I think none of us even can process how long of like, I mean, not only how long of a time that is from now, (laughs) um, but also how much of a impact that's going to have on our lives. Like we think about holidays coming up, all of the things. And so, you know, this can all seem super overwhelming. I know I personally have had days where I'm just, you know, just don't know how to deal with it. But that's kind of why we wanted to do this episode, which is like, what are the positive things coming out of this um, COVID reality? And then how can we take these, uh, you know, lessons and apply them to life later on? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we kind of started talking about this a little bit. So working from home. So this is, uh, you know, in our episodes back in April, you know, we were all like, oh, it's going to be, you know, a couple of weeks or months. But now it's it's more than a year, you know. Uh, But so there are actually huge, huge silver lining to the working from home situation. Well, for me personally, I, you know, I don't mind working from home at all, but my husband, you know, it's for him, it's really difficult. Um, but it's good news for the environment, whether you like to work from home or yeah. not. Um, because, uh, yeah, I read this article on Quartz recently. Basically, they're saying that remote work is a huge opportunity for high impact climate policy. And of course, if you listen to previous episodes, um, of good together, you know that no single activity contributes more greenhouse gas emissions than driving to and from work, right? If we yeah. just go and drive to take, uh, to the grocery store, sometimes doing like uh, week trips, you know, activity they're doing day in and day out or five days a week at least, uh, it has the absolute most negative impact in terms of uh, generating carbon emissions. Yeah, and, and depending on where you are in the country or mm-hmm. in the world, you may or may not have a longer commute. Um, you know, some areas of the country have really normalized long haul commutes is what they're called. Mm-hmm. So like an hour or longer, um, you know, depending on where you are, you also may or may not have access to good public transportation. So, yeah. you know, I think the, of course, the gold star for folks, folks is like, you know, biking or getting on a train or, you know, taking more green forms of transportation. Mm-hmm. But the reality is a lot of people don't have access to that type of commute. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, so we don't have commutes anymore, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the main reason. And I think something that U.S. is not like, unlike some European countries specifically, who are really great at public uh, transportation. U.S. in most of the cases, in most of the areas, it's not it's not great. Maybe it's somewhere it's good, but definitely I'm, I'm not great. Um, so transportation in the U.S. is of course the number one source of emissions, um, and light duty vehicles, 
just regular cars that we drive um, have the lion's share of carbon emissions. Uh, that's according to EPA. But also another interesting thing is that set, like we've seen the, in the early days of COVID, right? We've seen those pictures from you know Delhi and from uh, Beijing, I believe. You know the, those clear skies, right? You finally can. Yes, see, I, I've been in it's Delhi cool. last. Yeah, I've been in Delhi last year. Yes, I mean everybody was prepared. It's a very heavily polluted city. So satellite data uh, shows that astounding reduction in nitrogen dioxide, that's actually a pollutant primarily generated by cars and trucks that aggravate respiratory diseases. In the Western United States, for example, as state and local governments have adopted prudent stay-at-home measures. Of course, you know, some of our listeners we know are international, so like different countries and even different states have different measures right now, but you can see, you can just visually see that, and there's also data behind that. And the cool thing is that um, the U.S. government predicts a 7.5% reduction in energy-related carbon dioxide, right, regular emissions that we're used to. Um, and, of course, gasoline sales have crumbled um, by half by half despite the record low oil prices so uh bad news for of course of course we know that in general this is bad news for businesses around the united yes. states you know gasoline businesses or whatever all businesses uh but again we are trying to look for silver lining and it's a huge huge win for the environment and a yep. win for you if you love working from home of course for sure and i mean i think in in terms of the business impact we are just going to have to adjust as a global economy to yeah. what this means. You know, I um, imagine that there's going to be eventually when we can get back to um, a bit of normalcy, there'll probably be, um, you know, an upswing in people wanting to, you know, walk around, support local businesses where they can. Um, people are going to want to get back into the community and support as much as they can. I mean, I think, I think people are doing that already now, but mm -hmm. there's a certain restrictions in place. So, there's that. I mean, there's also a bunch of growth being ha I mean, happening in the uh, homes, home sectors. So yeah. people are spending more time at home. And actually, that was something I was going to bring up, which is, you know, as you're working from home, there's a ton of different resources out there to help you practice like mindfulness and creating specific spaces. So you might not have a ton of room, depends on where you are. So you know, of course, it's great if you can set up your office in a different room than the room you usually hang out in. Yeah. So you can kind of have a bit of separation. separation yeah. But if you can't have that, that's fine, too. Um, it's just good to, you know, set reminders on your phone to um, get up and take a break. Um, you know, I've been fortunate we, we have um, dogs. And so I just have to get up and take them out to the bathroom every once in a while. So that kind of reminds me to get up and, and get moving. But in general, you know, we know that this is something that takes, um, it's, it's a bit of a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> when you think about how long it's going to be until we can get back into the office, if we're ever going to get back into the office. And of course, Lisa and I are now sort of based in two different cities. Um, and so yeah. we always were worked well remotely. Um, I mean, I was on one side of the water in the Bay Area, and she was on the other. And now I'm in a different, completely different city. Um, but you know, due to the the wonders of, um, you know, telecommuting yeah. and Zoom and all of these things, Slack, et cetera. It's really just kind of business as usual for us. But just making sure that you are um, being respectful of your boundaries, you're being respectful of teammates' boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Slack is always on. I think a lot of us are on Slack. And, 
you know, if somebody's bothering you at a time where you have kind of made it clear that you're yeah. not your working hours, don't worry about it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I always say that to our team. Uh, I think that's yeah. very important. You know, some people like, you know, being on the phone or like, I like, I just kind of use Slack as like, I, I post ideas and sometimes it's like pretty late. Yeah. So I'm like, ignore it. Uh, this is how I work, but just ignore it and you don't have to respond to me at all. Um, and, but yeah, as you, as you were saying, basically it's, it will, this new reality, it's not going to be over, right? Even after like June, July of next year, when we start, you know, reopening countries and businesses fully, uh, it, it, there's never going to be kind of business as usual. Uh, so exactly. there will for sure, uh, I'm not sure. I don't have a specific status, and, and again, it's hard to tell exactly what's going to happen. But we know for sure there will be more work from home policies in place in general, whether there is still a pandemic going on or not. Um, and another good thing, since we were talking a bit about home, right? And something we've talked in the previous episode is gardening, of course, right? So people, uh, gardening and seed companies have experienced insane boost in sales. Uh, if you have recently went uh, into like Home Depot or Lowe's, you will know how much of the gardening supplies are sold out. I certainly know that as well. Yeah, um, yeah just uh, there is one company called Johnny's Selected Seeds in Maine. Uh, they saw 270 percent jump jump in orders the week of March 16th that's in the US when President Trump declared national emergency so just in that week and it's continuous right but it's good you know gardening is such an important activity and like reconnects us to the soil it reconnects us to the products uh, that we normally buy and don't grow ourselves and talking about growing the products uh, um, and eating them uh, we are also cooking more right obviously yeah. we are cooking more at home um, According to uh, New York Times and one of the recent surveys, I think it's from Hunter PR, 54% of respondents said they cook more than before the pandemic. 75% said they have become more confident in the kitchen, which is great. And 51% said they will continue to work uh, to cook more even after the crisis ends. Again, because all of these trends, they're not just going to, the shifts in behavior are very much long term, uh, right? Exactly. And just even the way we think about that. And of yeah. course, uh, since we are cooking from, uh, from home, we are cooking ourselves means that we're eating healthier because there's multiple multiple studies that prove that you can you eat more healthy and consume fewer calories if you're cooking yourself yeah absolutely and we all have the friend and maybe it's you maybe you're the friend um <laughs> that doesn't know how to cook i know lisa and i really love to cook but one of my old co-workers at adobe um you know love him to death but he literally he both he and his partner didn't, <laughs> didn't know how to cook and they're not like you know, out of college like they're mm -hmm. like relatively old and i i kept being like when are you guys going to learn how to cook and so yeah i w i checked in with him the other day and he literally was like yeah i'm i'm learning now <laughs> so awesome. i mean yeah. hopefully it's a good um push in that direction i mean you know my husband and I, we just completed our move. Uh, well, not completed. We're still kind of in temporary housing, but we're at least in the general vicinity of where we're moving to. And because of that, we've had to uh, eat more takeout. And actually, we used to almost never get takeout, even before COVID, mm -hmm. uh, just because we like to cook so much. And so, you know, when you move, you have to be really thoughtful about what you bring with you and et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that I brought, you know, the essentials. Um but of course, you know, we get here and I realize, oh, I forgot this, this, you know, spice or, oh, mm -hmm. I forgot this. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that's been a, a challenge for us actually, actually to eat 
that much takeout. And I know that's not, depending on who you are, listener, that might sound a little bit weird to you if you eat takeout all the time. But I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, I don't even want any of this. Like if I'm looking through like delivery app or something, I'm just like, I, I doesn't none of it sounds good. Like I just want to get back to to making my my favorite recipes. Actually, Lisa has the best recipe for it's called Yucatan shrimp. We're gonna oh, put it in the yes. show notes. It's one of the best recipes I've ever made in my life. Lisa introduced it to me and I'm obsessed with it. I could eat that every day pretty much. This episode is brought to you by Real Paper, tree-free toilet paper made from 100% bamboo. Our community has been asking us about paper-free swaps for items around the house, so this alternative to traditional toilet paper is right up our alley. I don't know about you, Laura, but I always run out of toilet paper. Me too. And I love that real paper delivers direct to your home while also using plastic-free packaging. It makes stuff so much easier. Also, while you probably haven't considered the environmental impact of your bathroom habits, unfortunately, over 27,000 trees are flushed down the toilet every day across the world. That's a lot of waste. And by using paper that comes from bamboo, you're supporting a product made out of renewable, eco-friendly resource. It's also super soft, and I couldn't tell a difference between the 100% bamboo paper and what I'm used to. Good Together listeners get 25% off your first order by using code BRIGHTLY at realpaper.com. That's R-E-E-L paper.com. Yes, it's from New York Times Cooking. I love their app. Um, but yeah, it's it's so easy. Of course, it's it has so butter. And, but the good thing about it, I also told uh, you, Laura, recently about there's also data that shows that Americans also started co- eating, uh, cooking more seafood um, during uh, Corona pandemic. I think it, it was kind of usually seafood was type of the food that you kind of go and get in the restaurants, right? Yeah. But again, Americans, uh, we as a nation as a whole, we're becoming more comfortable cooking um, uh, fish seafood uh, also at home which is great news and again as we know we're actually running right now a fun uh, challenge with our uh, scout ambassadors co- called meatless cooking we're trying to cook at least 10 meatless uh, meals per um, not per day <laughs> 10 meatless <laughs> meals in seven days um, and yeah we're just kind of sharing re- recipes with each other and again recognizing that not everyone is vegetarian or wants to be a can be vegetarian or vegan but taking the small steps and reducing con- meat consumption fr- uh, from our re- reducing meat from our diet it actually yeah. ha- has good health benefits and huge huge effect positive impact on the environment too so let's talk about online grocery shopping uh, i don't know laura i don't think you have been doing it as much as i have but oh my god yeah i have i can probably count on my hand how many times I have been to the grocery store. And that's, of course, because I am a huge fan of Zero, um, Zero store. Um, I, I've had, we, we interviewed the founder, of course, Zuleika on our previous podcast. It's a plastic-free grocery de- delivery. It's only available in San Francisco Bay Area, unfortunately, right now, but they're growing rapidly yep. as the whole online grocery uh, kind of industry. According to some data, um, online supermarket visits were up 
162% in March 2020 versus March 2019. Uh, and I'm sure uh, this was, um, you know, I think data from April or so, and I'm sure it's still continuing pretty strong. Uh, I read some quotes from, uh, I believe, like Instacart CEO or someone at Instacart. He said, like, every day is Black Friday for us. We are breaking records uh, every day through uh, 2020. Which- yeah, and I have a story about this too. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. So I was in Whole Foods yesterday with my husband um, and, you know, obviously all the grocery stores are practicing social distancing. Yep. And so we, we went um, and it was such a strange, like a, it was like a twilight zone kind of moment because we realized that the bulk of the people inside the Whole Foods were actually doing uh, grocery shopping for other people. So oh, it, wow, that's yeah, it was the first time that I felt like I was in the, um, you know, a smaller group of folks that were actually there to do my own shopping. There were so many employees and like Instacart and all sorts of those uh, type of folks doing grocery shopping for other people. So it was, and I, you know, I didn't even really notice it. I was kind of, when when I go to the uh, store now and during COVID, I'm like super getting, get out, like, yeah, make sure that I'm I'm only doing essential work. Um, and my my husband was like, "Hey, uh, look at this!" And we turn around and we just see this giant um, sort of refrigerator full of all these orders. So it's pretty interesting, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, another cool thing about grocery shopping is that uh, during COVID and uh, is that men are actually starting to grocery shop more than women. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's definitely it's definitely true for my household. Like that's that's the main reasons. Yes, we we do online grocery de- delivery now, but also that my husband has been doing uh going to the store more by himself without me because again, especially I think in the middle like when covid just started like in, in the midst of uh, March and April, um, stores were restricting, right? They were actually yeah, asking, right. uh, you know, if you're a couple, just like kind of, especially with like small specialty stores, that, um, like me and my husband's like, okay, you stay outside. Here, I tell you what to get and one of you goes. Oh, yeah, totally. But yeah, that's kind of good news. And um, yeah, women are kind of, especially if you have kids, you know, there's always should be one person who is, uh, you know, staying with the family and with the kids and there's no reason to take kids with you to the grocery store as well. Um, and uh, so another good uh, news for women is that in general, uh, men are starting to do more uh, chores at home than, uh, than they used to before. So it's not like we, women are doing uh, less than men. No, the women are still doing the bulk of it, but it's better than pre-pandemic, which is very interesting. That is interesting. I don't know if that's this case in my house. No, <laughs> no, no we're, we're, we split things pretty evenly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in general, right, we're spending more time at home. Literally every single thing that we're doing is up for thought and up for exactly. like dissection if you want to. I mean, I feel like so many of us are just so dang bored that it's very easy to just sit and kind of overthink things. That being said, you can be super mindful about whatever you want to be. So are you are you going to be mindful about like the amount of time that you're using to clean um, mm-hmm. or even, you know, taking a step back to look at the products that you're using to clean with um, and and thinking about about that. I mean, there's just so many interesting things you can do with this newfound time on your hands. Some things are more productive than others. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I think as we've as we talked about this, uh, I think it's the episode with Liz Segrin, uh, we did the interview in March, right? When COVID just started and we just 
we're adjusting to this new reality and we realize that you know people now with that newfound time at home especially we kind of slowed down our thinking and we started realizing what's important what's not we started like oh here is you know all of the products that i consume uh you know during a normal week or, you know, for everybody realized that suddenly they can't get toilet paper. It's like, well, maybe I shouldn't be using as much paper in general. Uh, and what are some more sustainable alternatives to it? Exactly. Um, so yeah. And of course we did the episode, um, as well on, uh, Corona kind of Corona conscious eating, which again, it's uh, applicable during, to the pandemic exam and way beyond. So this, how we see it as all good news, um, in terms of, how well behavior is changing so one uh more few more things we wanted to talk about is going outside more right laura yeah absolutely so i personally feel like i've been going outside a lot more than i previously was even before the pandemic so i say that because you know the bulk of the time that i spent in my life was commuting to and from work so yes i had to go outside a little bit for that mm-hmm, yeah. um and then i was at work uh where you know you would try that this is before um we we went full-time with brightly i was still working at adobe um and you know we would try and do walking uh, meetings uh you try and get outside but i mean that's like it kind of just depended on how much you had on your schedule to be exactly. honest right mm-hmm. like if you're super busy what are you going to do whether you're at home or you're in an office you're going to sit in front of your computer and just like stare at it all day yeah. well um, now I feel like because we are in house all the time, uh, the pull uh, and the excitement of going outside is even more, right? It's like, okay, how can we, you know, go on more walks? How can we explore new um, parks, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also, you know, as I've moved, I've been trying to make sure, you know, we're exploring areas with the dogs. And yeah, I mean, for me, I've definitely been outside more, which is weird. I would not think that that would have been a side effect. How about you? Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like I, well, I, for me, mostly my husband has been going on walks. I'm, I'm for some reason, I, I need like a purpose for me to go, go to outside and like just walk. But I spend a lot of time on my in my garden. So I, I do most of the work in the garden and that's, you know, obviously being outside. But another interesting thing, obviously, like when we talk about going outside, we are actually spending time in nature, right? We're not just kind of going to a restaurant or we're going to a store or something because these activities are very much restricted still. But we, yes, we go on the walks. If you're meeting friends, you go on a hike, yeah, right? Social distance of course yeah we always keep that in mind or if we're going um people started taking vacations now right even with corona in mind we we're going to national parks right we're going camping we're going hiking uh which is all great news too in terms of just kind of how we do vacation these days and we'll do a whole episode about it that's very very interesting and again this shifts uh and kind of how we're choosing where we're choosing to go they're not going to just disappear after the pandemic is over this is something that we will kind of be the more new normal right people are just suddenly discovering national parks even if they have never been to a national park before which is amazing Yeah, exactly. And as you go outside and enjoy those parks, remember to make sure you're picking up trash, you're being good, um, you know, park citizens, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, I've been reading articles about areas where like, you know, Yosemite and places like that, like those are always really popular during the summer. But of course, now they're even more popular because that's kind of one of the few things you can do. So yeah, just just make sure you're being respectful. 
Yeah, exactly. And of course, kind of one of the last things, but very important ones, as we mentioned, you know, businesses are very, very much negatively affected. Um, most of the businesses probably right in the US, uh, you know, online grocery stores are doing great, uh, you know, home goods companies and gardening companies are doing great. But as a whole, obviously, our economy is struggling. And the most affected businesses are your small local businesses, you know, the brick and mortar store, restaurants, bars. Um, so it's very, very important for us to, and we mentioned that in the early episode about, you know, when COVID just hit, we just kind of started thinking about where do I spend my money? Where, which, you know, what are some of our favorite restaurants that we want to continue supporting, even if they're yeah. shut down? Uh, bars, uh, you know, local businesses too. It's like instead of me buying something on Amazon uh, or anywhere online, if if some of the local businesses offer it, I'd rather go and you know support them somehow. Same goes for bookstores, of course, right? Exactly. Yeah. The other day, um, so we one of the things that um, I love about the Pacific Northwest is the amount of craft beer up here. There's mm-hmm. just so much. It's awesome. Um, and you know coming from an area that didn't have as much of that, we, my husband and I got used to just going to the grocery and buying, you know, a six pack of something that we liked. Um, you know, we tried to have craft beer then, but of course it probably wasn't local. Um, but one of the things I thought was interesting here is we, right before we were about to do that at the grocery store, I was like, Oh, well, why don't we just go see if we can um, pick up some to go cans from a local brewery. And sure enough, we went to one and it was like actually cheaper than it would have been in the grocery store, which was crazy, which is not always the case. But even still, I was like, this is awesome, right? Like we're able to literally just go in and grab it and leave and do it in a responsible way. Exactly. Yeah. Same goes for wine, right? You know, Laura and I, we love our wine as well. And yeah, we have another friend of ours, Midori, who like introduced me to a lot of wineries here in, um, in around in San Francisco area, of course, Napa, there was Sonoma, Lodi, uh, which I have never even heard of before, but yeah, it's, it actually turns out that you can get, if you do membership or not, or don't do membership, you can actually get really great wine at amazing prices. The wine that you've tasted and you really know that you uh, you like it, uh, you understand what you like and what you don't like. And yeah, the prices per bottle as low as $12. Wow. Um, so yeah, and it's just like, again, just going to the source, right? It's like, we're just so used to like buying everything from, you know, big stores. Uh, and, but it's very interesting. And of course, it's a great experience to learn more about how wine or beer is made, right? It's a Yeah. And I, you're, you're totally right. And I think the, the point that we want to get across to is, yes, we're all so used to going to these big box stores and there's a time and a place for them. Yeah. Um, but if you've not been on the other side of things as a merchant, or you've not been someone that tried to make your own big store. Um, you know, there's there's a system in place where you know the the maker does not get as big of a cut as they would yeah. if you went directly to them. And some people just aren't really as aware of that. And you know, you think about wholesale, and you're like, oh, you know, that that brand is making a decent amount of money. Sure, they are, but they could be making a slight bit more with your direct support. And in times like this, um, when the economy is kind of going through ups and downs, like literally every little bit helps. So exactly. if you Absolutely. can, you know, then, then try. And of course, we also understand like everything um, we talk about on this podcast, it's not black and white. And when I say that, I mean, you know, I'm talking about going in directly into a brewery and doing this. Well, you know, that's great. But on the other hand, you could say, well, if you're immunocompromised or you really don't want to be on public, well, then that's 
not really the best decision for you either. So just think through what you what you can what you feel the most comfortable with, um, what you can commit to, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I also saw a lot of great resources and kind of ideas online too in terms of like supporting your small businesses. But what if you know you or your family member lost a job? Like you were also negatively affected, and you don't necessarily have extra money uh, to do and go and make the purchase. But you can still support your local businesses by you know sharing about them with your your community, text messages, social media, just following them on their social media, giving them a little bit of more spotlight and support. So there's still um, other ways, like non-financial ways that you can support um, the brands that you love too, uh, which is, again, uh, every tiny little thing that we do makes an impact. And I think, again, the biggest learning from COVID is that we just, we found time to think about these little things, right? Which is great. Yeah, I mean, we were able to slow down and it mm-hmm. literally, I mean, we, we put everything to a halt. Um, well, some people might say we didn't do enough um, and that's that's sort of TBD. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, we, we put a halt on most things for a few weeks and in some areas um, and we got a chance to really think about everything. And I think, you know, the, the other silver lining here is with that thought comes change. And so we had a bunch of habits that we found ourselves falling into now is the time to create better habits, right? Exactly, exactly. So um, we, we would love to hear your thoughts on this. As you guys know, you can always email us at hello at brightly.eco. Uh, we are on Instagram, brightly.eco. We are on TikTok, on Facebook. If you have any feedback for this podcast uh, episodes, ideas, uh, always send them to us. We'd love to hear your stories too. Uh, this is kind of Laura and I's opinion. Um, and of course, we're chatting with our community of ambassadors on a daily basis. So we've been learning a lot all together. So uh, hopefully you enjoy this uh, episode. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.